Hey everyone, uh, welcome to day two of Glitch Free Gaming's roundup of what we've got up to at UK Games Expo. Uh, it's myself, Mike, and uh, Ben's here again. Yep. And Stephen, uh, although we lost him for most of the day, he's still here. Oh, yeah. Vanished. <laughs> Into the night. He was hiding from the dice stalls. Oh, yes, no. yeah. Dice stalls aren't—they're not evil. They're—they're they're okay. Uh, listen, they're when you lucrative. come when you come out the other side, <laughs> you've been clean you, for a while. Yeah, you, like listen, to you don't want to touch that stuff. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, we like we alluded to, Stephen. You you kind of wandered off and separated from Ben and myself and saw a couple of things. Um, we are actually sitting in the Hilton Hotel here, uh, which is where they have the. All night gaming and things like that after they shut the halls. Um, the halls just been shut, and the organizers at UK Games Expo have kindly given us use of this room to do our little catch up with you guys or for you guys. So um, let's do that. And we could yeah. be interrupted at any time, so if you hear any noises and things, that's basically what it is. Someone, sh someone shouts cheese at. Yes, yeah, and yeah. Uh, we, we may need to cut short, so, but we'll see how we get on. So, um, what do you want to talk about? Should we talk about one of the the first things that we saw, which was a so we went to go and we had kind of a, a informal appointment appointment to go and see somebody. Uh, yeah, Kickstarter game called Throne Rush was it? Throne Storm. Throne Storm. Throne Storm. Yes. Yeah. So we have we've got a copy of that. We're going to have a look at that and we'll do some some sort of review on that. Mm -hmm. But then we sat down to play. One of the games that was a Kickstarter and, and it has already come out called yep. Band Manager. Band Manager. Yes, as uh, but Ben when Ben was taking notes and he wrote it down, what did you put? Brand manager. So the, the whole I've been day, calling it the whole day. Yes, yeah, so the whole day Ben and myself been going around and going, I really like that brand I mean band <laughs> manager game. So um, cool, I, I I'm conscious of the fact that I'm talking all the time. Right. Uh, do you want to give a quick rundown? Do you want me to do a quick Yeah, I can, I can do it quickly. So uh, we all had a hand of cards, and each of those cards were providing either hype, uh, riffs... You're missing the most important thing about this game. I was getting to that. I was getting to that. <laughs> uh, what was the other one again called? Uh, riffs, chops, chops. fans, uh, hype. Gear. Gear. Yeah. So. And the idea was that we were we were going on tour, and whoever's turn it was, they were the band manager. Yeah. And they were looking to put the band together so that we could do, do the gig. And there was various levels of gig which were laid out on the board, which is a tour t-shirt. Yes, yes. So, so the, the game mat or the game board for this game is actually an actual t-shirt. It's a band t-shirt, it's that, great. Yeah, that it has everything printed on it where you place the cards and basically gives you the rules yeah. for the game. Um, it is, it's a negotiation game. Yeah. So on your turn when you are the band manager, like Ben says, and you decide uh, what what level? There's various levels of tours that you can go on. There's a basic tour, and uh, the rewards that you get from these tours are fans, which are victory points, or there is gear. Now, gear is essential when you have a hand of cards because without gear, you can't put on the higher paying gigs that give mm -hmm. you more fans. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, th there's this kind of. Um, symmetry between the, the game or this balance that you have to where you can do high level um, tours to get fans mm. but you need to balance it and at one point say right okay we're going back to basics we're going to do a, a low level tour yeah. and so we can all get resources mm -hmm. and it's, it's this kind of balance between where you you're working against somebody but you need to work with them as you well. need their help yeah yeah so um, we played a bit, a bit of a demo game so that we started off with some cards but we all had three cards each the tour was uh, four cards yeah. that had to be had to be played yeah so you know that's it straight away you don't have enough cards to do a tour yeah because we, we started playing and the, the rules explanation we received wasn't Complete. He was trying to do, you know, get us into yeah. it quite quickly. So he said, "If there's nothing you want to do, you can draw a card." I said, "Well, I'll draw a card." Mm -hmm. he said, no, no, no. And he, what he failed to explain is that the, the cooperation and the negotiation it's is key, key yeah. to this game. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. Yeah, there was a point where 
we were all kind of working together for a while and before we knew it suddenly Stephen had a bunch of fans so Mike and I were like why do we not have the fans why has he got all the fans let's do a gig just Mike and I and we'll get a bunch of fans and just keep Stephen out of this band so that yes. we can catch up. The game plays on the theme, like the, the, the drama queen themes of being in a, a small band or a large yeah. band incredibly well. Yeah. You're, you're balancing your low-level gigs where you get lots of resources at the compl- conclusion of the, the tour, but not very many fans, against big gigs, lots of fans, no gear, and negotiating with other people and maybe cutting them out of the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like... Or negotiating for places yes, on the band. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I really liked this. I, I was quite impressed with it. Um, the production values, we have to, you know, talk about the production values of this. We kind of have already in that the game mode is a, a band t shirt. Yeah, because we, we assumed that that was part of the expansion or part of the premium edition. Yeah, but no, like, this no, this, this, this is, is what edition. it is. Um, you also get the expansion with the base game. Yes, yeah. So there's a premium edition and then there's the, the version of the game that you know is going to retail. Uh, the game is, I think, I'm not too sure what it's going to retail in. Um, we should maybe do some Google food as we're doing this. Maybe check on Amazon because it is already available. But the, at the convention it's going for £40. 40 pounds. Yeah. There is a premium version and it comes in a band touring case for £70. Pounds. And that's essentially it, and except the player markers are plectrums. Yeah. Um, speak about the player markers in the normal game, they're pin badges. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they've got them. The, they've leaned into that aesthetic yes, yeah. um, really well. For the, uh, the expansion, there's uh, player player powers, so you get, you become a character and it has a player power. Mm-hmm. These characters are not on cards, they're on band patches, mm-hmm. yeah. they're on sewn patches. Yeah. It is just, yeah. I, I thought it was really, really good. You should yeah. play this game wearing denim jackets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they even had a, a bowl of blue M&Ms. Yes. <laughs> on the table. <laughs> Which was uh, really, really good. So, does anyone else want to say anything about that, or should we move on to whatever? Um, I think we will be hard pushed to come away from the expo without at least one copy of that. Yeah. So it's they're, they're selling it actually for the. Um, it looks like they're selling it on Amazon for the same price. So there's no discount for the expo. The expo. There's yeah. no expo discount by the books of things. Um, oh, yeah recommend that then yeah I would definitely recommend that um, definitely check it out I think we might pick I think I'm still wavering whether to pick that up I think I've got one purchase left one big purchase left and that could be one of them as well mm-hmm. so, um, yeah at that point we kind of split ways I think yes uh, I, I I spent a lot of money on games yes you did <laughs> I spent a lot of money on games um, but I, I picked up a, a collection of suggestions that, that Mike made um, so Insider yeah Into a gro- Into the Grove uh, in, in a Grove In a Grove um, Startup Deep Sea Adventure um, and Fake Artist New York excellent um, so those are all games with the exception of Startups that everyone on the podcast will know quite well because Kieran and myself are always chopping on about yeah. this. So did you get a chance to play any of them? So I, I bumped into a friend of mine that, that I used to do the Pathfinder Society stuff with and sat down, had a coffee, chat, and most importantly played Deep Sea Adventure, which is very good fun. <laughs> it's it's I think I'm I'm moving away from big box games and into really neat small, yeah. um, clever little little yeah. things. Deep, Deep Sea Adventure is one of those that it plays well with two and it scales mm. up our, up and down yeah. very well. Yeah. You know, we've, we've yet to have a bad game of that. You can play it solo? Uh, no, unfortunately right. not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to digging into, into the other four games uh, with a couple of friends of mine. Um, mm. After that, I don't know, do you want to? Uh, we went to see the Granger Games, uh, Grimwald, Grimwald Games. Yeah, Grimwald Games. So Grimwald Games had a game. Um, I think Ben. You've it was, um, there was Ever Rain. So yeah, so Ever Rain is a new Kickstarter that they got coming out, and um, when we were looking at the all the press packs yep. and press emails that we got sent, this was one that 
Dave read the, the description and showed me a picture of the stuff and it's basically a cooperative story game and it's set of kind of Cthulhu mythos of monsters, yeah. you know, ancient ones coming back. It's not Cthulhu, they've, they've gone away from that. Uh, they're going into sort of the 1800s as mm -hmm. a sailing game uh, to do with the naval. But all they had was the miniatures, everything yeah. wasn't ready yet. So we went in to go and see them. And you know they were showing us this, and we actually we had an interesting chat with them about their previous Kickstarters. Yeah, um, Village Attacks. Yeah, so Village Attacks is their, their new one that they're doing at the moment, and they're the it's finished production and it's being shipped out to backers at the moment. So they'll yeah. be getting their games pretty soon. Um, we had a quick look at it; it looked rather interesting. The premise of this one is you are monsters and instead, I'm, there. I'm there already yep and <laughs> instead of ransacking the village the village the villagers have risen up and they're attacking you mm -hmm. yeah you're attacking you and your castle is like a castle defense it's not tower defense but yeah yeah so it looks quite interesting mm -hmm. um, looked like the, um, the center of the board was kind of the center of the castle and that's what you had to protect at all yes, costs yeah and then there was um, four arms coming off well, of the, there it's a modular board yeah so it could be set up different ways yeah it could be set up different ways in the, the game there's three or four scenarios mm. they're time framing them at around about 50 minutes an hour mm -hmm. to play them the character sheets looked Quite simple, not and I don't mean that in a bad way. Simple as in yeah. easy to use. They looked quite friendly, and everything just it looks quite easy to get into. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we have a copy. We'll be looking at that. Yeah. Miniatures are absolutely they were stunning. Stunning, yeah. Yeah, villagers with swords. Was there yeah. was there a pitchfork? I didn't see one. I yeah. so the ones that. I seen was you know you had your villagers and they were doing the heroic poses you yeah. know, sort of with the, the gun stretched out and, and the, you know pointing the sword sort of Highlander esque. They were very nice. Yes. Very nice. Yeah. Look very good. Um, I suppose after that, if you we went and spoke with Thomas from the Free League. Yeah. So this was one that Ben has been chomping at the bit to get yeah. to see. I think we mentioned it on the the last podcast where I was guest on. Yes. But the fact it was announced. Yes, yes. Um, so we spoke briefly about the you know, paradox of getting into board games. They're licensing their video games. And the first one it's on Kickstarter right now is uh, Crusader Kings. Yeah. Which is one of my all time favourite video yeah. games at this point in time. Yeah. Um, so we caught up with Tomas. Thomas. Uh, he used to work for Paradox in the yes, publishing yeah. division for them uh, and since then left and, and became part of Free League or Free Ligan as it's in, said in Swedish um, they've got a background in tabletop RPGs so they're very good at telling the story yeah. and building the stories which for Crusader Kings is a good thing because it's all about the role playing and the building of your family through several generations. And the only thing was that they didn't really have the board game experience of building an actual yeah, yeah. board game. But they they said they brought on a few key members of staff to help them develop yes, that. Yeah. So they, they brought people on. The board game is Thomas's design. He has had input from people who have designed board games before to helping him, this works, this doesn't work. He has also had quite a bit of input from Paradox. Paradox. Yep. You, you know, just so that the the game looks and feels like a Crusader Kings game. Yeah, yeah. Paradox um, have been playtesting it since November. They've just yeah. been going in doing playtests and playtests and playtests so, and helping them refine it. So. Yeah, so I think the, the common misconception, I think we actually made it uh, when we the last time we spoke about this on the, the regular podcast was that this game came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, it didn't. It, to us, it did. But Paradox and Free League have been working on this for 
a year and a half. Yeah, I think so. I yeah, think yeah. Was the, the kind of time frame? Yep. So it was also quite interesting to chat to him. We were talking about the Kickstarters. So they've done fourteen or fifteen Kickstarters, something like that. Yeah, for all the different role plays and expansions. And yeah, stuff like some that, of them so. have just been art books and things like that. And it was interesting to see how he felt the transition was going into doing a Kickstarter for a board game. And he said, you know, it was very interesting because they found that they had, you know, that they had their guys, the, the RPG guys that um, have supported them in the past, and they were on board. There were people from kind of board game side that were going, oh, this is new, this is interesting, coming and doing that. And then you've got your, you know, your board game, the board game guys that are like, oh, we need miniatures, we need this, and the the board game Kickstarter community community can be quite. Hey, demanding? Demanding, rabid. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, they, they can look at things that I don't think this works, I don't think that works. They dealt with that, that quite well. He was, you know, um, I wasn't even, you know, I'm being polite here. Yeah. You know, they, they would generally, they've had a very pleasant experience. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because the game has been well playtested and looked. So they started bending shoulders. Thomas took the, the game out, the yeah. prototype that we saw, uh, the components weren't finished, no. but so we, we the got a quick... Wasn't, the art style wasn't quite there and the miniatures, I think, are still got... Yeah, the miniatures were borrowed from a different game. Yeah, um, and on, on, your, on your player side you had a board that was for your family? Yes. But you started with just your, your regent, and in true Crusader Kings style the first thing you want to do is probably get married. Uh-huh. Um, but your character has a bunch of traits. I think you started with two good and two bad, didn't you? In, in your yes, bag. You started off with, yes. with two good and two bad. And the first thing you want to do is get married, but the potential spouses all have traits in them as well. And whichever spouse you choose to marry, their trait then goes into your bag. And throughout the story, the character development part of this, you're having children their traits don't go into your bag straight away until they become the and new... Should new they region. become the, the, yeah. the new monarch? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you, so you're building up this bag of traits. It's kind of like a genetic legacy, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when you want to do anything, like an action, you, you will draw from the bag of traits and hope that you have a good one yeah, that so will allow you to do the action. One of the main things is you draw eight cards um, on your turn. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you draw these eight cards, the six of them that you will play, two of them will get discarded. Mm-hmm. Whenever you want to play something, so like Ben was saying, you want to do something, there will normally be a trait check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the same as rolling dice, except you're putting these tokens at the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing there was, so it showed us a scenario where we had two children, and the, the first one had a good trait, and the second one had the trait of being club footed, which is a a bad trait in the game, and we'd say, okay, that well, that would be fine then, because when your your monarch dies, then you know the one with good trait will take over. Yeah. But let's say it was switched; it was the other way around, and there are this type different types of actions. Well, each deck of cards yeah. is put into a category, and one of them is like um, tax. One of them was development. Development. One of them was plot. Plotting. Uh, crusade. A crusade. Which you had to do yes, during one yeah, turn. Yes, you had to do. Um, so you can use all of these to achieve. So let's say you have the club-footed son. In you know he's going to take over the reins, and you you really don't want that another red chip in your bag. You can play plot cards to have him murdered. You yep. can send him. You, send you him send on him the crusade. On, send him on the crusade and hope he doesn't come back. Yeah. So there's loads and loads of ways to do things. So I got it off my kid because he's got a club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can kill child. We'll play again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, hmm. there, there, are, there are reviews like that on Steam for like, Crusader Kings. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so um, that sounds like Steam. I, but yeah, every every action card that you could play. There was the kind of main action at the top, but it yeah. also had a counter effect, yes. which would either affect you negatively or your opponents positively. Yeah. So it seemed to be doing this kind of fine balancing of the game with whatever you wanted to yes. do. Yes, yeah. The the thing that I liked as well is that you could have these interactions with the opponents. So we didn't see it, but you know, hmm. we would get explained. 
that if Ben had an heir or, you know, he could marry that heir off mm -hmm. to me and that I get that person and it moves, it basically would move them out of the, the line of succession. Yeah. So I don't need to get their, I don't need to take their chip because I can take my, you know, my son's chip off. Yeah. There's, there's ways around it for both of us. Mm -hmm. um, the novel thing that you guys mentioned was the idea that you have the main game board, but you your dynasty has a separate board which sits in front yeah, of you. So yeah, so you've, you've got this map, and the, you've got the map of the, the world as it stands mm -hmm. for the game. There is a, a track, so the game will end at once the crusades end as mm -hmm. well. You know, hence the, the title of the game. Uh, there is other little pieces of information around the board and things, and the action, you know, you can see Oh, Ben's got a castle in France. Uh, he has armies all around there. I've got my armies up here. So you can see the states of the world and as it happens. But your main function is on this separate board that you have in front of you with your family, mm -hmm. the characters that you can interact with, mm -hmm. uh, the characters that you have to interact with, you know, your wife, your uh, family members, uh, children, etc., etc. Yeah. And anything that you do here down the bottom is that drives what's up at the top. So it's not an area control game, it's not another Blood Rage, it's not another yeah. one of these you know, board games that, that we've got so many of, where you know I've got 16 armies here, what are you gonna do about it? I'm gonna marry your daughter to a horse, <laughs> bang. Um, but that, that dual focus, <laughs> I, I think, uh, feeds back into the game. Like yeah. that's, you're, you're constantly thinking about your dynasty and, and creating. Yeah, so it, it, but you also need to sort of be aware of what's going yes, on. Yes, it's, it's very close to the video game, so it is about, I can see what's happening up there, but if I do this, if I have my mother-in-law killed, you know. Oh. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like Princess Bride, the board game, really, yeah, you know. Yeah. You, know I have, it, you know, I have to marry my wife tomorrow, have a modern Wednesday, and invade the other country and for it yeah. on, on Sunday. Yeah, um. that's that's a good way to go about it, actually. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, with with the video game and with the board game Crusader Kings, you need to have a Cassis Belli before you can invade somebody else. You need to have a reason yes. to go to war. Mm. They but, murdered my wife. That's a very good reason. Yeah. Yeah. So the gameplay was, it's there. The whole idea, the mechanics worked rather well. Yeah. I like the fact that it's a that a bag builder. Yeah. Which is, I thought that was quite novel. There's only the other game very similar is the Arkham Horror yeah. board game. So if you remember Ben, we played the Arkham Horror yeah. board game, a card game, card game. Pardon, yeah. and that uses the bag. You know, put your hand in and draw these things out instead of rolling dice. Yeah. And this is pretty similar. Whereas the the Arkham Horror one is, you know, it has got a lot of different numbers. This is just yes or no, positive or negative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there is some sometimes where a bad negative trait can be a good one, or depending on what you're trying to do. Yeah, the the cruel trait, for example, is one of those that. Yeah. If you want to go to war, cruel is a bad trait, but if you want to go to war, cruel is actually a good trait because you're this cruel leader taking your troops into war. And um, yeah, so the, there was a couple of them that were like that. Yeah. Which, which is quite interesting and, and still holds holds true to I think if I remember rightly in the game the cruel trait has these minus penalties but it gives you martial plus three which is really strong for, yeah. for raising armies so yeah I'm I'm looking forward to it the Kickstarter is very simple straightforward there's yeah. there's two two tiers that you could back yes uh, the base game or the royal edition game which has a few extra miniatures and a few extra bits yeah. and bobs so one of the other things when we were talking to him as well, which you know I was interested in, was obviously Crusader Kings has a lot of DLC. You know the game's been around for ages. Yeah. There is five years. Yeah, and the, I'm, I don't even think you can tell us how many. No, I mean I, I how much content there is for it. I wrote the top five tips article originally on Camden Tom. It's got under the for Gaming now. Two years ago, and at that point there was seven or eight main yeah. main DLCs, 
And then there's a bunch of other, yeah. other content stuff as well. So, has it hit train sim yet, or are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, it, the main the main DLC packs have expanded the map of the yeah. Silver Kings over time. It started off with just kind of central Western Europe, and we added in the Norse gods expansion. We added in the Rajas of India expansion, the Mongols yeah. expansion. There's into Africa, so yeah, yeah. The, the map has grown over time in those past five years, yeah. and I think Thomas was saying that they could very much do the same sort of thing. Yeah, with the so that game. was the question that we'd asked: was Have you thought about you know expanding the game? And they definitely had, and there was you know some of the ways that he was talking about it. Yes, we, we've thought about it; we could do it. And then some of the ways that he was answering the questions we were just talking later on. You're going, yeah, you've already got it sitting there. So, <laughs> Paradox Interactive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, you know, I think they've already went a little bit further than they were, they were saying. They were saying that they wouldn't going to put any expansions into the, the Kickstarter because that would delay and yeah. Yeah. it further, which is fine. But see if they are developing this board game where it's, you know, this is the base set. Buy this now and there will be enough content and add-ons, which you need to buy obviously, mm. but you know, we will be supporting the game for the next couple of years. Yeah. And there are both games that do that, that are going, you know, still today, uh, the small world, for example, you've got the Civilization, the board game, yeah. there's uh, Ticket to Ride. So it is a model that can be followed. And I think with these guys, with Tom's coming from Paradox, he's probably got that that kind of mindset as well. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I'd like to see the finished product before I committed to anything. Yes. Um, he did say that there were, you know, so the, the stuff that we'd see, uh, some of the cards, uh, the artwork on the cards and things, were, those were the images that you're seeing on the Kickstarter as well. And he did say that they were looking at changing some of those things because they're still constantly getting feedback. Yeah. Uh, just in the way that the cards are labelled and how you look at things, so that's... Yeah, so the, the Kickstarter is on just now, they said they're aiming for a November delivery yeah. on those and then they'd be looking at an early 2019 for an actual retail release as well. Yeah, so they're, they're looking at, the way that they're looking at it is getting everything out and to the backers, to the people that have actually kickstarted this project. Yeah, but it still gives them that bit of time to refine things so yes. between now and then. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when we see a finished product. Yeah. So, Stephen, you, what, did, what else did you get up to? Um, I, oh, we were murdering children. Yeah. Well, you've got to keep yourself busy, haven't you? <laughs> um, I spent a bit of time at uh, ITB Games, in the box games. Oh, right, okay. Um, first of all, I'd, I'd like to say uh, thank you to everyone at Games Expo who's demoing games. They're doing a great job, long yeah. hours. Um, and and they're somehow still very very positive. Um, we uh, we I got talked through um, a game called Newspeak by Louisa, um, which is kind of a social bluffing game. Right. Okay. Um, the setting for the game is that uh, you exist in a dystopian world which has been gussied up using AR. Okay. And there's yeah. a. a a Big Brother Orwellian nightmarish um, moderator, which is maintaining this facade, and everyone, all the, the the people of the world are, are walking around something that looks great, but underneath is is horrid. Um, there is at least one moderator in the game. One of the players plays the moderator, uh, and the other players are dissidents. Right. Um, it's um, player one is amongst the, the dissidents is, is, is elected as the leader and has to make a decision about where they are of uh, six or eight different locations which are marked out on the board. It's a bit like Spyfall. Okay. Um, which they make, the leader makes the decision in secret um, and then selects a set of codes from a group of seven or eight different codes and passes that code out secretly to the rest of the, the dissidents. Yeah. And the codes, things like, it's, it's just a, a word swap. So, um, happy means event. Um, a, oh, mind blank. Um, it's a word swap. 
Right. Uh, the moderator has access to all the codes, but they don't know which one's been selected. Right. Okay. And the dissident leader needs to communicate to the other dissidents what location he's at without the moderator catching on. Ah, right. So you're talking in codes. Mm -hmm. I know there's five different codes. Yes. So I am trying to decipher which code you you're using and identify what location that I'm talking about right um, so you're trying to use the code but you're trying to still be as vague as possible exactly yeah. and, and you may do you know all the codes as well uh, so the dissident leader chooses one of the codes and passes it out to the, the rest of the group without right. the moderator so does, does the rest of the group do they know what the other codes are uh, they're put away in the box right so they don't know yeah. yeah so the only person that knows all the codes is the dissident leader and the dissident Right. Oh, the, the, moderator. the moderator. The moderator, but the dissident leader puts the other codes back in the box. Yes. And, yeah. and the one code that right. he selects is passed so, out to the rest but, of the group. So when you're talking in code, you're also trying to be as vague as possible and maybe throw them off by... So one of the things is each code uh, group has at least two red herring words in it, which right. don't mean anything in their code type. Right. But they need something, something in a different exactly. code. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's what okay. I was getting at. So yeah. the, the idea is that you're having a relatively normal conversation where you're dropping in these words to clue um, the other dissidents in, but attributes of the location that you're in. Yeah. So if you are at a theme park, you want to use the code word which ties in with outside, event, group, children, that kind of thing. Um, and they have to piece that together and work out which location the dissident leader is at. Right. Um, and it can get it really relies on the players being quite inventive with how they use the words you can use synonyms um, when you're asking you, the, the dissidents can ask the leader questions and yes or no's can reinforce the point that the dissident leader is trying to make right, okay. um, so the dissident leader might say it's really eventful here today um, which might mean it's it's happy yeah it's a happy place um, and uh, a dissident might ask um, a question relating to um, outdoors and the dissident leader can say yes and they'll know okay that's both outdoors and, it, and it's it's okay. busy so you can still you can still use kind of like yes no responses yeah. to coded questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 the, the art and the flow of the conversation that, that you it needs to make sense, it needs to fit together. Um, it, it's really tricky. I mean, we were stumped trying to come up with with questions and answers which fit the the, the framework. Cool. Yeah. Um, it was really good fun. So I, I I got a chance to chat to um, Dan Ham. And Tom Anna, uh, who are designers at um, In the Box Games. All right, okay. Um, just a bit of a chat about the game itself, and it's been in place testing for quite a while. It was bounced back from Kickstarter. Um, they took the feedback on board, remodeled it, stripped a lot of it out, streamlined it, um, and are putting it back on Kickstarter this autumn. Um, and hoping for general release early next year. Okay, so the, so it's still in prototype. It's not it's not available. Nobody can go out and buy it. No, but we do have a review copy. We're going to take a wee look at it and, oh, right. and faff cool. about with it a little bit. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So, uh, was there anything else you just did? You run about and buy more things? Or? I bought more things. I talked to more people. Um, I don't know how we're doing for, for time. Uh, we're okay. We've, um, we've probably got about twenty odd minutes. So, yeah. Um, um, you just want to give us a, a quick rundown of this yeah. one you really want to um, I spoke to a uh, 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 Jordi Rodriguez of Two Tomatoes. Okay. About uh, two of his games, uh, Peak Oil. Uh, which is out just now, and uh, New Corp Order, uh, which will be released at Essen. Right, okay. So, um, just to interrupt you, it seems that you spent a lot of time in Hall 2s where kind of the indie guys are. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that's a good place to, <laughs> to sniff about and chat yeah. to folk and, and see what's happening with them. Um, really, I was caught, first of all, by the aesthetic of the games. It's um, moral colour, you know, white and red, or blue and red, uh, white, 
Um, they are predominantly about corporations. Um, peak oil is all about oil companies trying to shift from relying solely on oil yeah. while the oil supplies are dwindling and moving on to purchasing into new technologies and reaping the rewards for that. Um, while also suffering PR disasters and mitigating costs right. associated with yeah. that. Um, New Corp Order is all about companies attempting to gain influence with conglomerates to get favourable coverage by different media outlets like social media, broadcast, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, really cool aesthetics, really cool concepts. I like that kind of corporate yeah. evil doing yeah. but all, all gussied up. Um, the rule sets were perhaps um, a little complex. Uh, I struggled to keep up with, with chunks of it. I got yeah. tons of notes. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see what new corp order uh, comes out looking like because it's still in sort of a tweaking stage. Right. So. Okay. Cool. Cool. We also hit a playtest table. Yeah. So I just I wanted to talk about playtest quickly. So just to give people a little idea of what it is, the UK Games Expo have got this section of Hall 2 where designers who have prototypes and they may be in various stages, it's up to them, they can go and they can get table time. They can, I don't know if they buy it, I'm not 100% sure how they get it. Yeah, I think they just sign up and there's a bit of a rota because there was definitely someone ushering yeah, people yes, away from... Yes, like shift. But basically these people have... They, they get a table mm -hmm. and they get to play their game with people and show it off to people. So the UK Games Expo has staff coming around and they'll see you milling about the area and they'll say, would you like to play a game? I've got a couple of games starting right now. How much time have you got? Oh, I've got 10 minutes. Right, there's two games going right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes two minutes to explain the rules and the game lasts about 10 minutes. Would you like to, you know, or how, you know, I'll see if I can get you in at this game. It takes 30 minutes to play. Yeah. And so you get to play this game. The designer gets to see your reaction to the game and how you play it. You can take mental notes. At the end of it, you can fill in a survey for it. Yeah. So you can tell you know, your name, your age, a little bit of demographic if they're interested in that kind of marketing thing. And then they, you're asked to rate the game on various levels, which is, that must be invaluable for these guys. And you're, you know, as as gamers, our incentive is I think we can end, we can win a voucher for an online store or something, which I think is pretty yeah. cool as well. But you, you, you know, you shouldn't go and play one of these games just for the value getting entered into a draw. There are some really cool things. So Ben and myself walked past and we saw you talking to someone. Mm -hmm. So we uh, we got cornered by one of the the UK games guys. And would you like to play something? We said yeah, okay. And we ended up playing a game called Capital Rush. Yeah. So Capital Rush is a worker placement game. It's played on a, a modular board. So there's these hexagons. modules and they're, they're hexagons. And you place a worker on the hexagon and you get that resource. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have two workers and you can do this. You use these resources to build villages. Uh, if you place a village on a resource, you then get, when you go back on there again, you place a worker on, you get an additional resource. So you get two. You can upgrade your village to a city and you still only get one additional resource, but at the end of the game, the, that structure is worth two points instead of one. Mm -hmm. You can build walls, so you can build walls in between areas to block other players from coming into them. Mm -hmm. Certain rules to that. Uh, you can also build what was the other structures that you can castle. Build? You can buy. Yeah, you can build castles. Castles are essentially it's like you marking that as your own. It stops anyone else from adding a building onto that area. Yeah. Uh, and then I think that was then there was the capital. There was the capital, which kind of ended the game. Yeah, that, that built ends the game. But the twist of all of this is that your workers are egg timers. They're timers. What? Yep. Yeah, so you've got, I think there were one minute timers, possibly 30 seconds. Maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah, so you've got these two 30 second timers and what happens is on your first goal, you have to start and there's the only certain areas where you can start. So you place one down mm -hmm. and you turn it and the time starts tip, tipping out. Then it's Ben's turn, he puts one down, then it's your turn. 
you put one down and time to start running. You then get to place your second one, then Ben, then me. And that's as we've placed them all down. You can only move your worker onto the next section once the time, once all the sand run out. So you turn it over, put it onto the next one. But it has to be in an adjacent adjacent, easy for me to say. Yeah. Has to be on an adjacent hexagon. Okay. Um, and that's where the blocking comes in. Mm -hmm. So you can build a wall so somebody can't jump over the wall. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was really smart. Mm -hmm. So it's played in real time. And there's not much interaction because you, what you're doing is you're you know you're placing your worker, you're then taking the resource that you get, and then you're looking at the, the menu I called it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and you're looking to see what you can build. Yeah, I was I was doing this. You and the guy who's demo, demoing it yes. to us. You both kind of went towards each other, and you were busy jumping past each other for the resources. Whereas I stayed over the other side of the map myself, and I was just kind of jumping back yeah. and forth, back and forth. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get some fish. I'm going to get some wood. I'm going to get some fish. I'm going to get some wood." And then I was like, "This is useless because the resources." <laughs> it said, "Right, okay, you need one food item and three material items." I was like, "Okay, it's cool. I've got a fish and I've got three bits of wood." But they have to be different. Oh. So I was like, I need one fish and one wood and one of something else and one of something else. And I was like, oh. So I started quickly trying to go across the board and all of a, all of a sudden there was walls all over the place. I was like, I can't go anywhere. Um, it, the middle hexagon of the board was it quite was unique because yeah. you jump on there and you can get any resource. Yeah. But you can't build on that. So you can't gain like yes. extra resources or anything like that. Yeah. Which is quite good. So... And one of the, the unique things as well, um, as if the using egg timers as, as workers isn't unique enough, you, so you're playing around and it's quite a confined space, so there's hands going everywhere. Yeah. And if you happen to bump an opponent's timer mm -hmm. and knock it down or anything like that, you put it back and as a way of an apology, you have to offer one of your resources to them. You can offer anyone. But you have to offer it. The rules say you have to offer it. But it's entirely up to you to say, oh, don't worry about it or I'll take it. Um, so we had a situation where the designer of the game were playing and he moves my piece thinking it's his because he's quite safe. You get single-minded in what yeah. you're doing. And he grabs it. I said, that's mine. And he said, oh, here, I'm offering you this piece. I said, no, it's okay. And so I didn't take it. But I could if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, you probably should have because he beat us pretty bad. Oh yes, yes, he <laughs> hammered us. <laughs> so we, Ben, what did you think? I know I was gushing about it. Yeah, I mean the immediate recognition was Catan. Yes. I mean he was actually using Catan pieces in the prototype That's as right, well. Yeah. Um, but it it's. You're like, oh, right, this is Catan. You sit down and you're going, no, it's not at all. We are moving timers about and stuff's going on, and it was quite frantic. Yeah. And I think I, I got a little bit lost at the beginning, but then once I cottoned on to what you guys were actually doing, and I was yeah. like, okay, I need to be gaining lots of different resources here rather than like trying to monopolize a single resource because that's useless to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's also good because it stops any player doing that. Basically, building walls around one resource and saying, ha, all the clay is mine. Mm -hmm. And everybody, well, well, we'll go and get out of this stuff, it's fine. It doesn't yeah. matter. So, you know, like, like in Catan, where someone can do that, and you're like, oh, nobody's got any ore, because this one person gets all the ore when no, dice are rolled. It allowed, yeah, it prevented that from happening. Yeah. And he showed us kind of the final art style yes. of the game. Yeah, so I really like this. So the final art style of the game that's going to be, if you've ever played uh, Five Tribes, yeah. Yes, so yeah. Five Tribes has some meeples but they also have the structures, the buildings, and that rather than you know being a block and it's just got little spires, they cut the outline of the, you know, so in, it looks like a Taj Mahal, one of the pieces yeah. in the five tribes. They cut along the outline, um, and that's the style that he's going for. The yeah. walls actually have little spikes on Very the walls, yeah. and they're going to be quite long. Looks really, really good. Um, so he's picked up, he's already been signed yes, by... Yeah. I don't think we should mention that. Okay. I can't, I can't remember anyway, so it's fine. I, 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 can't, I don't think we should. Yeah. But yeah, so we're hoping to see it. It's going to come on to Kickstarter as well, didn't you? Uh, yes, it's yeah. going to get released into Kickstarter. It's going to, so the company that's picked it up have got one or two other projects they're going to launch first because they're already that far ahead in those. And then this one is coming. Yeah. Um, 
I can't wait. We uh, so we exchanged business cards and said to him, the minute this thing comes live, he needs to let us know so that we can give him a little bit more publicity. Yeah. Because it was one of my one of my games, that I, the best games that I played today. Yeah. Yeah. So we are We're about about out of time. Yeah, wait, we've, got you, a couple, we've got a couple of minutes. So what I was going to say, do you want to go around the table and what were quickly, what was one of the best things you've seen today? What was one of your highlights? Uh, what was your, your purchase of the day or your thing that you acquired of the day? And is there anything else that you're still looking for to either buy or see or do? I had a couple of highlights. Um, one of them I've not talked about yet. Uh, so I'll do it very quickly. All right. Um, the playtest, um, I bumped into Breck, Layla and Kerr, whom I met last year. We did the Mori Game Jam last year and this year. Came second last year with the, their game, which I played. Came first this year with their game. Uh, it was great. Um, I hope they get to do something with it and take it forward. Um, but they're incredibly busy people. Um, so that was great. Uh, purchase. At the moment, it's the oink stuff. Mm, okay. um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I forgot the third, third point. Uh, so is there anything else that you're looking forward to either playing, seeing, or doing? And is there anything Tomorrow. else you need to buy? <sighs> I'm probably going to pick up Concept. I've been looking at Concept for a while now. Yes, yeah, yeah, and we did see a very nice deal where they're doing the, the, oh, the, the plush playmat and mm everything and it looks like a very good price yeah cool Ben what about you um I really liked Crusader Kings yeah I kind of I didn't think I wouldn't but I I was pleasantly satisfied that I was uh-huh. uh, that I did did enjoy our quick look at it um my purchase of the day had to be at the reverse auction table yes where they, they've got this table where people hand in games and they get something in return, we're not quite sure what it is, but then the price is set at the beginning of the day at like £36 or something. Yeah. And it drops every 15 minutes. Yes. And we went over to the table when it was sitting at £26. Yes. And there was a copy of the Game of Thrones board game on the table. Yeah. And we lifted the lid <laughs> and found that this copy of Game of Thrones has not been touched. It's not been punched, everything's still sealed. And we're like, take take the money, and we're going to run. Yeah, so we, we, we walked over and we seen it, and Ben went, oh, right, I saw the, the Game of Thrones. I said, that's Game of Thrones. And you had said, is it the card game? I said, no, it's the board game. game. So Ben took it over, and he's lifted the lid off. And as he's lifted the lid off, all the instructions, which are still sealed in the bag, slides off. Ben, Bryant, put the lid back <laughs> on, Bryant. And uh, so it was, here's the money yeah. to take it. And he, yeah. We ran. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, if anybody's been listening to podcasts long enough, when we played, when we did our uh, twenty-four hour charity gaming thanks gaming uh, event that we did a few years ago now, yeah, uh, we played a we played a game of this Game of Thrones game, which lasted six seven hours. Yes. Uh, and we all fell out with each other afterwards. So. Yeah, it, it took us a while to get back to talking to each other again. Yeah. I don't know if that was the game or partly like the lack of sleep for 24 hours as well. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm looking forward to is we've, we've still got one thing to do today, which is play a game of the Elite Dangerous RPG, yeah. which we are literally just about to go and do. So I'm looking forward to that because I've ran a game mm-hmm. as we've reviewed it, which is on the site very soon and um, so yeah getting to take part in a game i'm looking forward to cool yeah uh one of the i think i quite liked meeting the uh, the grimwald guys so yes. they were that, that was a, a pleasant surprise uh we bumped into them just to get some information on this this upcoming game and we ended up talking about their new game and it was it's the first time we'd all met, so it was quite nice to talk to them about Kickstarter and things that they were doing as well. And you know, they, they were asking about the podcast, the website, and stuff like that. And I think someone highlight has been you know meeting uh, people and seeing UK Games Expo just coming more from this people this thing where people get together and play games and buy games. There are people that are launching products here, and it's slowly but surely it's getting into the realms of what Essen does and in America what Origins do and 
it's growing again. Uh, this year it had all of Hall 1 and a little bit of Hall 2. We were speaking to someone earlier who was telling us that they didn't have all of Hall 1 last year. So it's growing. Next year I can see it growing again with yeah. the, the people that are here, so that was quite cool. Purchase for me today, I didn't buy too much actually. You only bought one thing. Yeah, I bought two things. Two actually. things. So uh, I bought a game that I've been looking for for a little while, um, which is Port Royale from Alexander Fister. So that's the guy who did, for anyone that's listening, he did Isle of Sky. Yep. He also did the All My Goods. And he also did Great Western Trail. And Broom Service. Broom Service was a Essence Build the Aris winner. So, on a bit of a roll, and this is one of his, his games. Hey, what am I looking forward to? Going home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I've got one more. I think I've got one more purchase in me. Um, so I think I might uh, just you know take my time saving, going around the stalls and, and seeing what's there. And, and then going back to band manager. Yeah, and going back to band manager, <laughs> quite possibly, or you know. Spending all that money on on decent balance. So, oh, that was good too. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So we will catch up. We'll probably do a, a roundup of the tour of the, the complete thing tomorrow or the. Yeah, we we might be able to fit it in tomorrow. One between the show closing and us leaving to. Yeah, quite possibly. The long drive home that's hopefully not going to be as long, and I won't touch wood because that'll. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's the microphone, but yes. <laughs> So, yeah. cool. So, uh, thanks very much for listening to this. Um, thanks to Ben and Stephen for sitting with me and having a quick chat with you guys. Thanks for having us. And we will speak to you soon. So, until then, see you later.